My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 292. It's WWE NXT TakeOver in your house. We've had nearly two hours of build-up, and now it's time for the entire event. Dan, is it an understatement to say that you are excited for this one? I am looking forward to it, yeah. Um, And it's the first in your house for 20-odd years now? Yeah, 25 years. 25 years. It makes me feel really old. I know. I can remember the uh, old in your houses. And I wonder if we're going to see a little bit of trip down memory lane here tonight. That is one thing I'm hoping for with kind of like the setting and, you know, the way it plays out. I hope there's a few callbacks to the old in your houses of late as well. Without a shadow of a doubt. And already we're getting the vintage NXT logo as well that comes up. Uh, but it used to say uh, WF's the sport leading sports entertainment in the world. Yes! Todd Pettingill. <laughs> he's kind of introducing it and he's got the old school vibe to it. Wow, Todd Pettingill. What a mullet that man had back in the 90s. And he was a guy, I mean, even the VHS tapes had the kickoff and he was shilling it. I tell you what, uh, Sam Rosenberg and uh, Corey Graves could learn a lot from this band. We're even getting it tonight as well. And the music as well. It's just really well put together. Absolutely. I hope this is a thing they're going to pursue going forward. I think it's great. I think a bit of nostalgia, especially we can go and watch it on the network. And with the TakeOver crew, you can guarantee it's not just going to be like a gimmick, like the classic Raw. It's going to be like a, an actual proper event as well. TakeOvers do not let us down, you know. They haven't yet. And it's going to be really, really interesting. And what makes it more exciting, as we see the opening video, is we do prediction leagues as well. Dan, do you explain prediction leagues for everybody? Yes. So, Well, yes, we do four prediction leagues. We have a WWE pay-per-view. We have an NXT pay-per-view. We have a bonus, paper, uh, bonus prediction league. And we have an AEW pay-per-view league as well. Yeah, so we're going to open up our envelopes. So we've got our predictions in, of course, they're signed, sealed before... The event itself, and uh, what are the scores at the moment, Dan? Well, currently on AEW, we're one apiece. On bonus, I'm 9 8 up. On WWE, you're 5 4 up. And on NXT, you're 2 1 up. Yeah, so tonight with TakeOver, we've got a point on the line. Of course, a bonus point if we both, either of us get a perfect score. So it's going to be very interesting here tonight as we've gone from the In Your House start up to NXT as it seems with the uh, intro video. I could maybe do less of this 
and more of just getting on with the event. But, you know, like you said, it should be an interesting night. What match are you looking forward to the most out of all this? I am looking forward to the most... Um, probably the women's triple threat match. I think that kind of... That has a lot of potential to it. Yeah, without a doubt, and we talked about on the live show, does it have the potential to be the main event? I think that's true. And we get Code Orange starting us off as well with NXT. And I can see behind them, we do indeed have the house that has made In Your Houses so great. Uh, we talked about on the live show, so what's your favourite In Your House? I mean, I mean, we remember them back in the day. I uh, mean, there were so many good events, weren't there? Um, I think the DX one was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I'd probably have to go back and rewatch them to find out <laughs> one of my favourites. I mean, there were so many. I mean, these are the things... Like, when I first got interested in with the VHS tapes, went back and tried and caught Lee in your house. Like I said, all available now on the network. But as for takeovers, like we said, they always deliver, and this should be a really enjoyable event. Not too keen on this kind of music, you know. It's not to my taste. Well, it reminds me of, like, that kind of period, like 2002 onwards, where every wrestler came out with, like, a heavy metal rock band. Every kind of song was changed as well. I was saying that, that I was actually watching the um, Undertaker's Triple H match, maybe their early one, and I think uh, Triple H got sung out by Motorhead. Yeah. And Undertaker came out to Limp Biscuit rolling. Well, exactly, and I think at that time, and even like with WrestleManias afterwards, like you kind of saw and drowning Paul and people like that. I mean, it's like you said, it's got its um, definitely its own, own audience. My only thing is, is that if we are doing a bit retro. Maybe we should have someone just sing like the national anthem in nineties gear as opposed to this. But you know, and of course we've got the um, Pexiglass. Pexiglass for the NXT wrestlers, the performance center recruits, even bringing uh, the action. Don't know what to expect, but let's hopefully again in your house NXT. There certainly is a retro feel to this. Absolutely. Love- All right, so here we go. We start off with our very first matchup, and it looks like six. Women tag team match is going to be uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Mia Yim, and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae. Look at Shotzi Blackheart coming out in the tank. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not Rusev at WrestleMania, but indeed, it's definitely quite cool. She comes down ready for action. Well, she's got her own little uh, theme going on there. I really like Blackheart. I think uh, I compared her to Ember Moon on the NXT update. Something different about that kind of stands out from the rest of the pack, and we've talked about how strong the NXT women's division is, and it's kind of built women these past few months, much like Tegan Knox, you know, with the feud with Dakota Kai backing from War Games, and now we're still moving on to this kind of uh, in-your-house event. Who are you preferring in this one, the faces of the hills at this moment in time? Um, I think the hills, they're kind of building up to be quite a formidable force. You've got kind of like the recently turned Candice LeRae going against the also turned um, Dakota Kai. With the huge Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, and Gonzalez has been improving. And like I said, there is a development league NXT. So you can see improvements in her game. But the story's going into this one. Like I said, Candice LeRae turning to the dark side, helping Johnny Gagano, beating Tommaso Ciampa finally, uh, and ending that feud. And of course, like I said, Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai with Gonzalez involved. And even Mia Yim now being involved with Keith Lee, teaming up with Gagano. And, of course, his wife, Candice Ray. So, it's, it's really, really interesting. Prediction-wise, in this one, uh, it's me to go first. And I have gone Knox. I've actually called it Knox Hart Yim, which is really difficult to say. 
Gargatim, which is, of course, Knox, Blackheart, and Yim. Dan, who uh, have you gone I for? I have simply gone for and Co. Kai and Co. So you've gone heels, I've gone faces. What have you gone heels for? Um, again, I think with Candice, Lorraine, and Gonzalez on their side, I don't think the heels could lose. Well, Candice coming out here, and she, of course, teamed up with probably the greatest wrestler of all time in Joey Ryan, and had a team for a very long time. But Candice coming out, and she, she needs to put in a couple of big performances now. There's no doubt she's talented. But has she had a standout moment at a takeover yet? No, um, again, you could argue that Knox and Kai have kind of had uh, a few standout matches. Uh, Mia Yim, I don't think she's had her time to shine just yet. And Gonzalez and um, Blackheart, I don't think they've had their moment in the sun either. No, I think Yim's kind of been stuck in the mud a little bit recently where, you know, she had a couple of standout performances being a classic and since then has not really moved on. Uh, and like we said, not in a cage match on NXT a few weeks back was a fantastic matchup, as well as no doubt. But Candice has got this new cocky side, and she's not worried about starting with Mia Yim in this one. Yeah, but indeed, but this could be the future going forward for the women's division in NXT, which you know I'm excited to see how this develops. Well, we usually ask it on classic content. I ask it on this one: all these six women haven't been uh, NXT Women's Champion in the future. Which one will definitely be, and which you know, and what, what the problem? I could say Yim and Ray for most likely. Kaya Knox, probably. And Gonzalez and Blackheart, I'm not sure. Blackheart, you could probably argue that she's in the maybes, but I don't think Gonzalez will be a... But, that, I mean, that's complete potential there, isn't it, in this match? Like, talk about the future of the women's division as Gonzalez got the tag from the Ray and just showing her power, not knocked off her feet yet. Well, I think, you know, with Gonzalez, she's going to be put in the... Um, Jack's bracket. Yeah, to me, they're kind of that monster and always kind of um, getting close, but maybe never really getting a title. But like I said, there's an improvement, which is good because, again, that's what you want to see. As she is easily dispatching of uh, Tegan Knox at this moment in time and tags in Kai. And I've been pressed with uh, Kai, of course, on NXT. And these two women have had a hell of a rivalry as not Kai around the throat. Well, then, you know... It- each of these women have kind of had, you know, Knox and Kai, they've kind of had their bit going on. Mia Yim and Larray, their kind of husbands are going in the show. Um, you know, it's only Blackheart and Gonzalez who kind of, you know, they just, well, obviously Gonzalez is part of Kai's team. But, you know, Blackheart, she's kind of pushing her way into it as well. I like the fact that she's a kind of, uh, you know, she's a good good guy so to speak because she stands up when she sees stuff wrong and even in a three-on-two situation she's going to join in and try and help uh, what she thinks is right as Knox now taking it to Kai you see the cannonball in the corner but he can't keep her down the shots see Blackheart gets the tag in go against the captain of team kick Dakota Kai and she doesn't do what you think you know you think she's going to do with Shotzi changing it around a little bit Try to get Kai on the ropes, but she moves out of the way. Nice exchange now on the apron. And she's captain a team kick for a reason. And she's very innovative with the way she can move her legs. Well, that is uh, <laughs> what kicking is all about. Uh, no, that's what it is. That's what it is. With the hands. Oh. Oh, Larray looking for a step up sent on on the back of Blackheart. But Blackheart moves out of the way. Manages to deliver a kick to Larray. Knocks her out of the ring. And I think Mia Yim's going to assist in getting her back into the ring. But the heels have kind of come round to help her back but that doesn't stop Blackheart who dives at Gonzalez gets caught and plucked out of mid-air and just thrown Mia Yim looks like she's going to dive successfully 
Now Larray dodging and she's going to go up. Springboard crossbody. Well, that was nice taking out three women, but I don't think it's finished yet. It's Knox going to the top. Now you be careful with your two torn ACLs. Oh, <laughs> Molly go round. And all the women fall down like 10 pins. <laughs> I ten was going to add 10 pins, yeah. An impressive manoeuvre. I've got to remember who's illegal women now. I think it's Larray and Blackheart. Oh, Blackheart's thrown Larray back into the ring. Going up top. Well, my God, she just took her out. And I, I don't know sure what that move was. <laughs> but she used it efficiently. That's a variation of Cannonball. Larray was in a 6-1-9 position. And Blackheart just cannonballed her into the ropes. Oh, but can only get a two. Two. And like I said, Candice here. If she's changed her attitude and gets a loss in this one, she's going to need a little bit of rebuilding as she misses an insecurity. And Blackheart now, lovely submission. Well, Dakota Kai comes in, kicks to the midsection, breaks like that. Very innovative submission. Big Candice had anywhere to go. And now here comes Gonzalez behind the referee's back. Ah, Huge clothesline takedown. This could be it. No. One. Two. Oh. Uh, Blackheart managing to kick out. Oh. And now Larray going back to Kai and putting Blackheart in the wrong part of town. To beat her down. And now Blackheart in all sorts of trouble. As Gonzalez in, just suffocating her. Desperate for the tag. And Blackheart, can't... Irish whipped into the corner. A little bit cocky. She's looking at Knox and Yim instead of her own corner. Well, looking for a huge kick. Missed it. Can Blackheart get to salvation? I think Kai was saying everything was all right at that moment in time, but now Blackheart. A couple of face busters and a step up in Seguri. But Larray gets the tag in and just puts her body between Shotzi and her corner. And again, shouting at Yim. Well, this is normally the downfall because it's happened twice now for the Hills. They go and shout at someone <laughs> and then they kind of get evaded. And that is exactly what happened. Shotzi has tagged in Mia Yim and she's on fire, baby. Taking out Candice Ray with a lovely net breaker. Went for the kick low. Larray dodged it. Double underhook suplex into a pin. Two. No. And Larray manages to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And she was waiting for Gonzalez to get up the apron. Knocked her down. And now we're going to might see the protect your neck. No, Larray had it scouted. Lovely suplex. Kind of get some separation. Yeah, that was beautiful there by Larray. Managing to throw Yim over her head. Now can she get Gonzalez? And I think if she does... This could t change the complexion of the match as Knox gets a tag from the other side. But Knox is holding her own against a much larger competitor. Well, as fuck uh, you said, you go for the body, the head will come off. And I think Knox finding that's not to be the case. The toes, a huge uppercut. Looking for a flying cross body, gets caught. Knox lands on her feet, though. Chopping the redwood down. Gets caught in a powerbomb. Oh. To a cover. One, two, yim. I think she takes out the referee, but it was effective. <laughs> Simple but effective, any means necessary. She gets thrown out of the ring now, as somehow the faces are in this matchup. And Yim and Larray are fighting up through the house. They're going into the garage. Well, neither women are leaving, so it's uh, not going to affect the match at the moment. No, it turns it into a tag team, maybe better as well, because it's Kai and Gonzalez who can try and put Knox away. Blackheart in low, saving her partner, and Kai accidentally kicks Gonzalez. Choke slam! Oh, <laughs> knocks onto Kai. Salida del Sol. Beautiful double team there, taking Gonzalez at this matchup. Leaves a 2 on one situation. Situation. Shiniest wizard. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. And what a way to start TakeOver with the six-woman uh, tag team matchup. And what a victory for Knox, Blackheart and Yim. And, and Knox, in this feud with Kai, has come up short thanks to Gonzalez in plenty of occasions. 
And this time, she gets one over. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, you know, it was good. You can kind of see the personal storylines coming into effect. You know, like even in the ending, the way Larray and uh, Mia Yim kind of scrambled off backstage and, you know, they were never seen again. Um, but I, again, I, I, I can sense that this storyline isn't quite over just yet. Yeah, I think it definitely will continue and Blackheart involved in it now. I thought the action was good, but maybe not great. Uh, but I still thought it was open and a great way to start TakeOver. As we're getting adverts for sandwiches now. Cookies. Well, good humour superstars, I suppose. That's all right. And then after funny, we're going to get serious. We see Rhea Ripley. And can she reclaim what she lost at WrestleMania here tonight when she faces Charlotte and Io Shai for the NXT Women's Championship? But up next, it's going to be a match that no one wants, but we are going to watch and hopefully enjoy it's going to be Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Uh, build up to this match. It's been quite interesting in a way. Um, a question I want to ask with Finn Balor. Have they used him right since he's come down from NXT? I think they have. You know, they're kind of going for the slow burn as opposed to him being the established WWE superstar. They're kind of acting as if he's a new entrant to NXT. You know, they're not going on, oh yeah, I'm a... WWE champion, so I deserve first shot and every shot of the title. They're kind of saying, right, you know, you're back in NXT, start from the beginning, work your way up, build your way through the roster, and then you can kind of like face the champion down the line. I think that's exactly what's happened. He's not been put straight into the NXT title matches, has he? And I think with this storyline, we saw Balor getting attacked about a month ago on NXT, found out to be Damian Priest, and this is a story of a kind of young gun. He wants to name his, uh, wants to make his name. He's come up short against Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic in matches. But he's saying to Balor, like he said, there's a guy who's been there and done that in NXT. If I beat him, I make a statement. I think it's quite simple storytelling. But can these two for a match that we're not expecting here tonight? Again, you know, both wrestlers certainly have the potential to deliver a good match. You know, Damian Priest, the young upstart, kind of taking the follow from what Finn Balor can deliver in ring. Again, you know, it could be good, but it could be an absolute clusterfuck. Yeah, this is a problem. We'll see if Priest is ready. This is a really important match for him because tonight, if he doesn't deliver and if he if with someone with a talent of Finn Balor, then that might be it for the uh, top card push in NXT. I mean, he's got the size that Vincent Mann likes, but again, he's got a kind of... Uh, deliver a big moment here tonight. I mean, Archer of Infamy is quite a cool nickname. The entrance is not too bad. But, again, we need to see a little bit more from him, don't we? I think that's it. But how many more losses from Damian Priest until people stop taking him seriously? And then you've got the Baron Corbin problem. That's that's literally the thing of... Shave his head and turn him into a king. Well, literally, this is kind of what Baron Corbin was in NXT, and then you talk about potential, and it's a guy maybe, you know, mid-card... But it's never going to be taken seriously for a world title run. If Priest can put in a performance against Balor tonight, then you'll say, well, hang on a minute, that's against the former NXT and Universal champion. Maybe he deserves a shot. But is that coming out on the winning side or the losing side? Well, this is it. It's it. Sometimes you can look good in a defeat. And who have we gone for in this one? It's a great question. Dan, who have we gone for in this match? I have gone for Finn Balor. And I too have gone... Finn Balor in this. I think it just makes the most sense. Like I said, Priest can maybe uh, lose this one as long as he puts in a good performance and looks strong and come away. What's next for Finn Balor, then, if he wins this one or are we looking too far ahead at this moment in time? 
Um, well, is it a case of what's next or who's next? I mean, um, who else can kind of make a statement and lose to Balor? Well, this is the thing. I mean, where would you want to see Balor? Next? I know you're. A, I mean, I'm all right with Balor. I think this is the right place for him. But where do you see him? Kind of. I don't know because again with Finn Balor, are they building him up to be NXT champion, or are they building him up to be a contender to lose to the NXT champion? Well, this is the thing, and uh, is he here in NXT was over, or to look as strong? And this is kind of what we've seen. He's beaten Johnny Gargano, he's beaten Matt Riddle, and others on takeover since he's been back. So he's definitely positioned, and it is great to see a Balor enter to NXT. He, for me, and I'm gonna probably piss off a lot of people he's a lot better in nxt than in on the main roster even with prospects and stuff like that absolutely but it's you know it's the way he's being utilized in nxt my god (laughs) yeah well he came outside a double foot to the chest that's kind of caught priest off his game but as soon as priest makes his way back into the ring Balor's bang on him again yeah and he's definitely bringing it here tonight you've got a question though is it two hills going at it as well i was just about to make that point you know finn Balor, he's kind of made himself look on a hill but then he's going against damian priest is the one who attacked the hill yeah i mean it's it's kind of because it's finn Balor, and do you know what i mean i kind of maybe respect but that's the thing. Finn Balor's kind of not build himself as a heel. Finn Balor's just saying, look, I am Finn Balor. Yeah. I'm here. I've reinvented myself. We've definitely seen a more aggressive side to Balor, which bodes well for, like I said, future. Uh, pro- I didn't think this would happen. I thought it would be Priest dominating with Balor pulling it out. But I think Balor's come up with an idea of trying to take the... Absolutely, yeah. But uh, we've just seen Priest kind of reverse an Irish whip from an Irish man, which is <laughs> three times more effective. Yeah. And that's why the stairs moved so much as well. Indeed, yes. Um, but with a good performance here from Balor, kind of put him back into your good books like he was in NXT, or are you still kind of... I don't mind Finn Balor. Like I say, him like this is a lot better than him on the main roster, people saying he should be Universal Champion, because I don't think he's that level. That's my thing, but I think this is a perfect time for him to have great matches, and obviously he seems more comfortable in NXT as well. Well, could he build himself back up to be, in your eyes, a potential Universal Champion, or is that kind of credibility gone? I feel that he won't get another chance because of the injury with the Universal title. He's been known. I think he's done well with injuries recently, and as I say that, it looks like Priest is trying to cause a new one on the stairs, takes Balor and sends him into the eight first. Hardest part of the ring. The hardest. But um, I don't know. I mean, would you want to see him given another chance? Do you think Balor could, you know, be WWE champion again? I think, you know, in the spirit of changing things up, I think, you know, he could have another run because his run lasted all of a few days. He was the inaugural Universal Champion. Um, You know, certainly deserved to be in that spot at that point. Deserved to be there. Yeah. You know, especially in a day and age where you can have smaller guys. I mean, I doubt. I, I will say credit to Priest. I mean, with the crowd as well, you can hear the sounds of the strikes, which sound really impressive as he's taking Balor down. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's it's good to hear when you think the proper impact as Balor's trying to fight him off now. And Priest again, just picking Balor up and dropping him face first. So Priest has managed to overcome the early onslaught by Balor, turn things round, and it's been Priest all the way through for a good while now. And the thing I like about this match is it, it looks like two guys who don't like each other. And too many times when you see in rivalries and stuff like that, they wrestle a match not 
as it, like a normal match. Just going like, through the motions. Exactly. And you're like, no, 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 you're meant to dislike each other. And again, Priest there, nice sleep with a back elbow. But I think Balor's one of those that can cause a lot of arguments because a lot of people think he's main event level and a lot, maybe a lot of people think, again, he's been there a long time. You know, five years he's been in WWE now. You know, has he had success many people thought he would? I guess another argument, isn't it, you know? I personally don't think he's kind of lived up to his billing. You know, the Fince, uh, the Fince I was going to say Fergal Devitt, but, you know, the, the Balor, kind of all the rumours swelling around from the Bullet Club and that, he was kind of billed a lot higher. Um, but then, you know, they kind of lies on the AJ Styles-Finn Balor rivalry as well as it should. And I think, you know, a few moments... It's kind of underwhelmed us. Well, do you think it hurts? <clears throat> and, and again, not blaming NXT, but the stronger NXT run you have, the weaker you seem to be on the main roster. When you look at what Oscar had to go through, Balor was kind of the man, wasn't he? Uh, Nakamura, of course, Bobby Roode's another guy. You know, it seems that way. And if much, then you might get a bigger push. Husky Harris. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It seems a bit... I mean, I might be wrong. I mean, there's guys that are exception to the rules, you know, like a McIntyre or... But even like a CN has not been treated um, that top level as Balor and I are trying to make a comeback on Priest. And I think maybe speak to Priest and you don't need to bounce about that much if it's a smaller guy. You need to kind of act a bit more like um, a giant. You see, that's kind of good, stopping the Irish whip, so you can't power him up. Oh, Balor's managed to deliver a suplex instead. I think he's kind of gone on the opposite end of what uh, Buddy Murphy does. Like, where Buddy Murphy doesn't sell as much. I think Priest sells a bit <laughs> too much. And Balor there with a nice drop kick, And you can see the focus in Balor's eyes in this matchup. And in his NXT run, I think he's got a point to prove as well. Well, you know, again, he's probably proving to all the James Rowlands out there that he is worthy of it. He is, you know, championship material. He wasn't just a flash in the pan. Well, no, I, I think he's championship material, but Intercontinental's championship <laughs> material. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, of Cruiser course. Cruiserweight's a championship. Yeah. <laughs> As referees counted, but Balor's not going to let that happen. Now he's looking to fly again. Priest makes his way into the ring quick as you like, takes Balor down with a clothesline. Well, he's deceptively strong, and now he's looking to maybe end things. Uh, Balor escapes it. Went for the razor's edge, and then Balor tries 1916, but that was reversed. Into a broken arrow. Or the Falcon Arrow. And now Priest might put away Balor. No. Finn Balor with a leg sweep and then a double foot stomp to the chest. And now both men down in a very competitive matchup. And we see the replay of the uh, impact of Balor. <laughs> and he actually holds it there as well. And Balor now with the strikes. But Priest again with a huge right hand. I think he's listened to your advice and look, you know, don't. Bounce around too much for a kick followed by a PK to... Oh. Ow. Balor thought he had Priest there, but Priest got the shoulder up at two. Two. And you can see the impact of both uh, moves on each other. You can see the red marks on Balor's body. Now Priest having to use the ropes to get up. And Balor shot right to the face. And again... He's getting a huge run up. Well, Priest is only standing because of the ropes, but now he grabs Balor around the throat. Looking for a choke slam. Balor turns around into a pin. Two... No. Priest managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And then gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Oh, he does his best uh, Brock Lesnar impersonation. Jumps up to the apron. Balor in the head. And then throws him against Barry Cade. Well, that was impressive from Priest managing to get the kick over that top rope. And now he's got Balor on the outside. Look at a powerbomb on these mats. No, Razor's edge. Oh. Onto the ring's edge. 
Oh my god, that could break Balor's back. So the first match we saw a choke slam, good callback. This match we see a razor's edge. <laughs> oh yeah. We've seen a lot of in your house moves. Triple H just come down and pedigree a random person. My god, I thought he was gonna go on those wafer thin mats, but again he went on the edge of the ring. How thin are those mats down? How hard is that ring? Well, the ring is harder than diamond, and the mats are just wafer thin. It's like they've been shaved. Shaved. Well, unbelievable. Well, these two silky smooth superstars now have had a hell of a matchup, but now it looks like Archer Infamy calling his shot to Balor. Hits him with that huge back elbow. Second time again on the mark. And I think Balor may be out, but Priest going to make sure. Third time lucky. Oh, Balor with a swing blade. He was playing possum. Hello, possums. And now Balor. Well, Priest comes out with a spinning kick. Hits another roundhouse. Oh, looking for an inverted suplex, but Balor turns it round. Swing blade. And now Balor again going into the corner. These two guys have given as good as they got. But that might be it now. A drop kick sending Priest into the turnbuckle and down. Going up. Can the Prince get it? No. Priest catches Balor as he was making his way up to the top rope. Oh my God. Now Priest climbing Balor. Both up. We're going to see a choke slam. <laughs> From the second rope. Well, both men down. Priest, can he get the shoulder across? One, two. two. No. Balor managing to kick out. Ah. Oh, huge impact. He must have been at least 10 feet in the air. At least 11 foot up. He come down. And now both men in serious trouble. So I think the theme of tonight's In Your House is chokeslam. Well, Undertaker plays such a huge part in all the In Your Houses. And another thing that played a part is great wrestling matches. And we saw that in the past. And now we've seen it here with Priest and Balor. And we talk about a standout performance from Damien Priest. I think we are seeing tonight that he can go with the very best NXT has to offer. But I don't think he's finished. And he's smirking, Dan. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face because he feels that he's going to make his statement here and it's going to stick. Oh, Balor now fighting off Priest on the apron. I think Finn sensed there was something bad to come his way. Without a doubt, both men in a precarious position. Oh, my God. Priest looking at a powerbomb. Balor. No, Razor's Edge. Onto them still steps. Oh, my God. You're going to kill him. Well, Balor manages to fight off. Oh, now. Jesus Christ. That was a sick bump. I think the middle of Priest's spine kind of caught the edge of the steel steps. And you could just hear the thud. Definitely got to have winded himself. Well, let's listen to it again in real time. Right on the edge as well. God almighty. Oh, let's just show it as many times Keep as we showing can. showing it, yeah. Oh, my God. And Priest somehow still gets to his feet, but the count... Well, it was Priest making a point to the referee to not stop this match for any injury. And I think Balor can smell blood in the water. Well, he does a coup de grace to the back of Damien Priest. But Priest is still moving on the mat. Balor's looking to add insult to injury. He's going to drop the proper coup de grace this time. He wants to end it all. Hits it. One, two, three. Wow. And Finn Balor beats Damien Priest here at TakeOver in a hell of a matchup. I tell you something. This was probably the one I wasn't looking forward to out of all the matches here. What, the one you even wrote on the prediction sheet, the match nobody wanted? And I'll tell you what, this has been my. This has been a great matchup. Two men, pre-stand-up performance. Battle shown he's still got it. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It was a flawless performance between both of them. I didn't see any fuck-ups. <laughs> you know, you could kind of buy into the storyline as well. 
that Priest wants to make his mark against Balor. Balor saying, look, you know, I may have been through this, I may have done it, but I'm not going down like that. No, and what a hell of a bump. And um, let's just see it one more time. That doesn't get any better. No. Um, again, like you said, nothing wrong. Priest didn't put a foot wrong in that matchup, and he showed a lot of upside. And uh, Balor getting a victory again. That I think that is the correct move on that one. Uh, we didn't do it at the first match, but we'll do it for now. Uh, points after the first match, I got a point. Dan didn't. It went one nil. And our second matchup, uh, both gone Balor, so it's two one heading into the third match. But still, a lot. On the line here tonight, Balor gets a victory, and he looks serious. Uh, what's who or what is next on Balor's agenda? Well, do you feel, uh, has gained a new respect for Damien Priest now in this matchup. Well, we soon find out by his response to getting a victory, and he said, "Look, you're in my targets." Mm-hmm. Balor was pointing the guns, and it looked like uh, Priest was going to draw his bow. Well, no fair play to both, and we see Adam Cole, the champ. I'm sure I've seen Bret Hart doing something like that before. <laughs> Ico Pro, yeah! Definitely, Brett. I'm still talking about the uh, Women's Championship match. We see Io Shirai tonight and uh, getting ready and what a huge moment it could be for her. But uh, what a night takeover has been. It just seems to be getting better and better. And up next, it is going to be the NXT North American Championship. And it's going to be Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. Dan, what have you thought of the build-up to this one? Again, you know, this is... uh... Oh, kind of taking the piss out of people. You know, he's he's at the dinner table with Candice LeRae. Then he starts kind of bad-mouthing people like Keith Lee. And uh, Keith Lee took it very personal. Keith Lee has been absolutely brilliant in NXT since he's come up. And he's a guy that uh, has proved many people wrong in his life. And you've even changed your opinion about him recently, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I kind of judged the Keith Lee book by its cover, which, you know, again, I'm not going to do... Moving forwards, um, and Keith Lee, you know, he's had a few standout performances, and he's definitely changed in my book. Do you think this is the right thing for Johnny Gagano? We've seen him in NXT for a long time now. He's kind of turned heel. Uh, would you rather see him move to the main roster, or is it a fact of you either die hero or live, uh, see yourself live long enough to become is kind of what happened here, villain, you know? That's what Gagano's become in NXT. Indeed, but it's a kind of... What will they do with Johnny Gagano on the main roster that they can't do with him here in NXT? Well, what do you think is better for him? NXT? Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind him seeing mixing up and Raw and SmackDown. Again, you know, I'd love to see him, but again, I wouldn't want to see him have the uh, the NXT greats effect in WWE. I suppose that with someone like AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, I think could be, you know, brilliant. There's a point, again, like we said with Balor, is what's next? Is Gagano, is he here to win a North American Championship? He's already done that. He's won the tag team titles. He's won the NXT Championship. Or He's is this done a... the NXT Grand Slam. Exactly. Is this a case of trying to build up Keith Lee? And just, no offence to the North American Championship, but does Keith Lee deserve more than that? I think he does, but currently at the moment he's bringing, you know, a good legitimacy to the North American Championship. So give him a good strong run with that. Give it some, you know, momentum. I'm, you know, again, I'm not discrediting all the other winners of the North American Championship, but I think, you know, Keith Lee's helping the title as much as the title's helping Keith Lee. Yeah. What have you thought of the North American Championship since it's been introduced? Because it's not been the kind of the star of NXT, but like I said, it's been consistent, hasn't it? It hasn't been kind of put way behind on the back burners. 
which is what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not been forgotten about. And Gagala getting ready for his in-your-house match. Uh, Doc Hendricks. Yeah, Doc Hendricks see a picture as he makes his way. Don't forget to lock the front door. Of course, that's why you got your keys. And that is what he stabbed Keith Lee with on NXT in the face with some keys. And Gagala going to keep it safekeeping. Well, it's not a lollipop. No. But it's going in his trunk. But, of course, the wife, Candice Lay, will put stuff down his uh, trunks, as we, we all know. And um, Johnny Gagano, all heart, no soul. Rebel heart is gone. And is there a man who's had more, uh, who's had better NXT matches and moments or takeovers than Johnny Gagano? It would be hard to argue against that fact. You think about the five-star matches he had against people like CN, against Chumper, against Adam Cole. Like, man, you talk about who is NXT it could be a discussion with Finn Balor, but Gagano's kind of shone the light these past couple of years. Again, like I said, TakeOver never disappoint, and Johnny TakeOver never disappoints either. Uh, Prediction-wise, in this one, it is me to go, and I've gone for, and still, NXT North American champion, Keith Lee. I too have gone for Keith Lee. Well, you got to bask in his glory, and he is serious here tonight. I hope to see a pounce in this match. <laughs> is that the one of the most impressive moves? I absolutely ever? love it. <laughs> it is my new cannonball. <laughs> it is when he threw Adam Cole at least five rows, five rows in, at least eight rows back. It was amazing, and I think that, in all seriousness, as well. Matters more than anything else, a man in NXT right now. And again, representing the Black Lives Matter on the back of his wrestling gear as well. Brilliant from Keith Lee. Yeah, you can't argue with that representation. And Keith Lee, will we bask in his glory? Will it be all about Johnny Gargano? We are just moments away from finding out. So here we go, North American Championship, and it's Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gagano versus Keith Lee. Uh, keys to victory in this one. What does um, Johnny Gagano have to do if he wants to overcome the man that we both picked? Avoid all the power moves he possibly can and just kind of go into this as a wrestling match and try and out-wrestle Keith Lee whilst avoiding his power. I think this is the thing with Gagano. He works, I feel, better as a face. It's going to be weird him at a heel going against a bigger guy, so they're going to have to try something maybe a little bit different in this one, maybe work the leg, or maybe more of a story. I mean, a side headlock's probably not going to be that successful, but Johnny is trying for it. He is indeed, as Keith Lee just pushes him off. <laughs> I think he's got a bit of a problem with that eye, though. Well, don't forget the eye is what Gagano put the key into on NXT, so Gagano came up with a plan, I suppose, beforehand, going to impair the vision a little. Yeah, but let's not forget Keith Lee is deceptively quick as well. Exactly, well, in a battle of speed, and I think Gagano there getting shown by Lee, he can definitely go. As Gagano backs off to the corner for a bit of sanctuary. And the thing I like about Keith Lee, he doesn't have to do a lot. He just, just the way he carries himself, I think, is uh, a real superstar. As <laughs> Johnny Gagano comes towards him, Keith Lee just simply stands his ground, and Gagano kind of comes off worse and rolls out. If Johnny now going to have a little run around. Well, he's trying to outthink Keith Lee as he kind of made his way out of the ring, back into the ring. Caught Keith Lee on the way in. <laughs> but Keith Lee caught Johnny Gagano on his suicide dive. And Gagano begging not to be dropped. My God, he picks him up for the power, but Gagano grabs hold of that top rope. Kicks Lee in the head. <laughs> but again, gets caught by Keith Lee. How can Gagano escape this? But Gagano's upside down at the moment. 
Oh, goes to the fun to the eye. Simple but effective. Looks to kick Keith Lee, who sidesteps it. And he is pissed off now. Keith Lee also has fingers. And it's just the strength of Lee picking Gagano up and Gorilla pressing him on the apron. Well, both men now fighting up to the in-your-house set. Well, into in Johnny Gagano's house. He's trying to make his way back in, but I don't think Candice LeRae has got home yet. Well, he's got the key. Has he got the secret? Well, he needs to find it. Pouncing through the door, Lee. And you can see the camera of Lee just coming at you. Not, not knocking at that door. Double palm strike across the chest. And Chumper, uh, Chumper, sorry. And Lee throwing Gagano on the set. I say Chump, both these men have got two huge matches here tonight. And again, they're not focused on each other anymore. Maybe that might play a little bit of mind games because they're not involved. And they might think, you know, oh, we've been entwined for so long. And with Keith Lee at this moment, just, uh, he doesn't lose it. He always keeps, he seems to keep his cool. Always got his plan. As Gagano now just trying to work the uh, fingers. And Lee now sending Gagano to the turnbuckle. Keith Lee's good at keeping his composure. He just punched Johnny Gagano with them bruised fingers. You've got to be careful when you use that. And I think it hurt Gagano, but might hurt Lee a little bit more. But Lee keeps his cool. He's going to adapt to overcome. Lee gets caught with a step up into Guri from Gagano. And now Gagano crawling on top of Lee. And this is, I think, a match that Johnny Gagano wouldn't have won two or three years ago. But I think since turning to the dark side and all the stuff that's happened with Chumper recently, we've seen a different side to Gagano, more darker side where he can um, come in and do maybe the stuff that is not legal just to get a victory. And I think he's realised that as well. You know, you can't just be loved by the crowd. You have to have a little bit of success. With Keith Lee, he just has it both. Indeed, yes. But this is not like the classic Johnny Gagano wrestling clinic. You know, this is Gagano any means necessary. Mm. And this is it. And the more I see this, is the more is this is not like I said delivering a, a five star match, which these two guys could do. But again, it's kind of telling the story and showing the, the toughness of Lee in in his character and what Gagano has gone through as well. We know Gagano is tenacious. There's no doubt about that. Be an understatement and just working over the eye as well. A lot more aggressive, a lot more serious, a lot more focused. You know, he's not pandering to anything. He's not pandering to anyone. Where that kind of might have been his downfall before, he's just focused on the injuries that he's inflicted previously to Keith Lee. And about that, you can see he's, he's both men are taking this serious. And he just makes him look like a complete like, liar because he's pandering <laughs> to the fans now. Well, Gagano's got a little bit of an ego, there's no doubt, but I think everybody has. As Gagano goes into the cover, but grabs the hand as well, so it hurts Lee when he powers out. And now this is kind of a perfect submission of what Gagano's been working on Lee. He's got one hand on the eye, pushing the eye socket, and the other one working over the fingers. I don't think Lee's going to submit, but this is just kind of uh, torture at this moment in time. Well, as we mentioned earlier, you know, Keith Lee takes a lot to get him frustrated. Is this going to get him frustrated? You know, he's doing everything he can, but Johnny Gagano still has the upper hand, so to speak. Yeah, I think this is the thing. And with Lee angry, is he prone to make more mistakes than he would if you don't? And if that's what Gagano is counting on, is it the kind of ultimate game plan? You can see the work Johnny is putting into this. You can't, you don't see Keith Lee picked apart that often, and you are seeing it in this matchup. At this moment in time. Well, is that the high wrestling IQ of Johnny Gagano? I, I think it is. And I think Gagano's impressed me with, uh, like I said, what he's come up with 
in this matchup. He's definitely prepared, there's no doubt about that. Well, you know, he knew he wasn't going to win a straight up wrestling match with Keith Lee, you know, the power advantage that Lee has. So he's like, right, I'm going to injure him going into this match. I could focus on them injuries. And, you know, maybe capitalise on it that way. Exactly. And I think you've been playing mind games as well and using me him to try and get into his head in that way. I don't think it's worked, but the other way has, and that's why it's good. You know, you can see with Gagana Way's wrestling, bits of William Regal, even Triple H with a kind of the, the game plan at this moment in time. You can see he's studied wrestling on the past to come up with a way to be successful these days, you know, and I think that's what makes Gagano very special. And I think another thing, when you think about like Finn Balor, a victory over Gagano, whether it be a championship or not, is a huge statement in NXT because of what he's done. Absolutely. You know, like Johnny NXT, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Wrestling, you know, the man of many monikers. Without a shadow of a doubt, as he's got Keith Lee on his knees at this moment in time. Starting to anger Keith Lee to the point where Keith Lee's southpaw hitting him with his left hand and he's hurting himself more than he's hurting Gagano. Well, Lee now blocking Gagano and start using the forearm strikes instead of the right hands. That's the left hand, sorry. But Gagano's got a little bit of speed. That's Keith Lee <laughs> just swats him out of the air. Lee's best bet might just be grab hold of Gagano at this moment in time and control him in that way because when they're moving, especially with a blurred vision, Gagano's going to be very difficult to catch. And the advantage for Lee is the, the strength, most definitely, and the power. But with great power, James, comes great responsibility. <laughs> Can he try... And hurt Gagano here. But now as he's got him looking for the power bomb, Gagano grabs the fingers. Crawls between the legs. God. <laughs> Lee left. Just drops Johnny Gagano. Well, this is the thing. It takes Gagano four or five strikes to hurt Lee. With Lee, it takes one to knock Gagano down. But Gagano, to his credit, is getting up. Seven strikes there. Now Gagano using the ropes. Well, Lee looking for a pop-up power bomb of sorts. But Gagano grabs, grapples the arm. And Lee... Doesn't he's trying to power up bad arm and all and Gagano weighs two hundred pounds managing to do that. Well Johnny just goes straight for the fingers again, kind of negates the power that Keith Lee has. Well Pete Dunn will be proud watching a joint manipulation in this matchup as Lee just powers Gagano off, but Gagano Pitbull's not stopping at this moment in time. Well he stopped there when Keith Lee hit him with a huge clothesline. <laughs> no, but Gagano managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And Keith Lee gets a little bit of separation for a second. I think Gagano's thinking to himself, the longer it goes as well, the more advantage you'd have, because Lee's maybe a bigger man as well. Yeah. Um, but then again, you don't quite know exactly what Keith Lee does have in his tank. Well, we haven't seen Keith Lee go really long matches, and I think that's for certain. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in this one. He's trying to get feeling back into the hand. Again, every time Lee powers Gagano up, Johnny goes straight for the fingers. Sunset flip to Lee into a cover, but Lee managing to kick out. Ah. Do you think Keith Lee's shown maybe a little bit of inexperience here against Gagano, trying that same move again and getting the arm caught? Well, I think he's kind of, that's what he's used to. You know, he's just trying to wrestle a standard Keith Lee match. And Dominic Gagano's kind of uh, softened him up for this match. Is working into Johnny Gagano, so I don't think he's calling Keith Lee stupid. It's just showing how intelligent Gagano is. No, well, I think that's the thing. I mean, Lee has to maybe change his game plan in this one right now because Gagano's made him change it. As Lee now powers Gagano off into the ropes, and again, it's putting Keith Lee off his game as well. You know, he's not able to do the usual moves he does. He's kind of having to improvise on his toes. Oh, and imagine to avoid the clothesline and hit a super kick. We're going to get caught with a headbutt. 
Wow, Lee looking for the big bang catastrophe. Gagano managed to turn it round into a pin attempt, but only getting a two count. Two. And again, a lovely kick by Gagano. <laughs> but Lee just slams Johnny, who Where? makes his way outside the ring, so that Lee get a pin attempt. Where can you see that, where one guy just picks another one up with one arm and slams him down? And Gagano to the outside might be the best place for him at the moment. Does it sound a bit better with uh, the NXT wrestlers round at ringside? I think it adds a little bit to it, yeah, I'm not going to lie. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to when they're finally having crowds there. But it's going to be weird to adapt because I'm kind of used to the performance centre now as well. So when they go back to arena, it's going to be like, oh, we're going to have to get used to it. And it's Lee now throwing Gagano in. There's no doubt they're, the crowd noise adds, and I think we're a proper crowd, would have added to all these matches that we've seen here tonight. But they've dealt with it well. That's Gagano. Oh, my word. Hits a diving tornado DDT on the outside to Keith Lee. Say that five times fast. Exactly. And the momentum there from Gagano. And Keith Lee may be out, but the trouble is now, with the referee counting, how do you get a guy with his size up? <laughs> and I think Johnny's finding it. Keith Lee only needs to play dead weight, and he's retained his title. But again, Keith Lee's not like that. I mean, if he can uh, get up, he will. But I think he's out. Gagano now going to try and break the count. I'm telling the referee not to do it. He wants to win it. No! Oh! Keith Lee pounce Johnny Gagano. Flexiglass. Flexiglass. Well, Gagano argued with the referee, came outside. Lee had recovered. And then, like he said, one of the best moves in wrestling. We're going to see a replay of it as well, sending Gagano through. Can you imagine Keith Lee and Braun Strowman doing their, like, running around the ring? Because Braun Strowman just, like, top. So Keith Lee kind of... Pounces him into Braun Strowman, who just runs through you. And it would just be bang and like a huge explosion, for fuck's sake. That would be mental. It's like Thor's hammer hitting Captain America's shield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, here we go now. And our own Captain America, Keith Lee. Goal of Johnny Gagano. Should I say Captain North America? And he's putting Gagano through. And he could win by count out, but he doesn't want to. And the game plan was going so well for Gagano until that one moment. Indeed. And what a moment. And Lee carrying a deadweight Gagano back to the ring. Oh. Candice LeRae's here, but I don't think she realises that there's a Mia Yim behind her. And these two women who started the fight in the first match are continuing it now. And Gagano on the apron fetching in his tights. He's going to pull his knob out. No, no. he's the key. Oh, my God. As he jabs Keith Lee in the eye with his key. Referee didn't see it. Gagano jumping over the top of the DDT. One, two, no. Oh. Keith managing to kick out. Uh, well, Gagano can't believe it. Maybe all part of the master plan. And what's it going to take to put Keith Lee down? And Keith Lee get to his feet and here comes Gagano. Super kick. That's half of the meat in the middle. No, but Lee powers out. Throws Gagano to the referee who no-sells it. Gagano hits another super kick. And again, Lee throwing Gagano onto the ref for the second time. It just shows the power left, but oh my God, you can see the kick there. Third time lucky for Gagano. No, Lee still gets his shoulder up. And oh my God, and that, I think that was the closest one yet. Has Gagano got one massive move to put the big man away and become North American champ? Can he grasp in the Gagano escape? Well, this is the thing. It's Gagano now, it's all going through his mind. And with Keith Lee, it's all about survival. It's all about staying in this match. And Gagano's got the foot on the hand now. The broken hand. It must be broken by now. And Lee can hardly see. 
as he grabs Johnny Gagano around the throat, throws him up for a power bomb, a spirit bomb from Lee. But I don't think that's enough for Lee. He could cover, he could get a pin, but he's shaking his head. He's got a point to prove now. Well, maybe this could be a huge mistake, Lee. Instead of going to cover, let's try to put the exclamation point in it because of what Gagano's done to him. Uh-oh, now he's in trouble. <laughs> well, if he had straps, they would have been pulled down. Powerbomb, and now on his shoulders. Big bang catastrophe. One, two, three. Whoa. Keith Lee there, coming through the challenge. Probably his biggest challenge as North American champion and flying colours. And a great match as well, Dan. Yep, yeah, um, a great person to go over on as well, Johnny Cagano, a man who is kind of symbolic in NXT. But brilliant performance by Keith Lee. You can see, you know, he, he does have weaknesses, you know, but he manages to power through them. And, yeah, long live Keith Lee as North American champion for me. All right, uh, I mean, this matchup wasn't a kind of move for move as, you know, we've seen with Arna and Lee. But the fact remains that this told a story and it came into it and it's Gagano, the new Johnny Gagano and Keith Lee kind of being the man who, you know, comes through everything. And again, not to discredit North American Championship, but I think Keith Lee is ready to be the man in NXT if he's not already. But I think great match for him too, you know. Well, who's going to take that North American Championship off him? It's After that, though, we both get a point. So it's 3-2 heading into our next match. And takeovers all seem to flow so nicely as well, didn't they? You know? Absolutely, yeah. Still loving this old school vibe as well. Absolutely brilliant. About that, we've seen a few uh, little things here. And Keith Lee standing over Johnny Gagano is a huge statement for the man. Well, we're seeing the good humour superstars again and Shotzi Blackheart enjoying one. I don't know if you can actually buy that or not. Oh, I think it'd be interesting to see. Well, we've seen Io Shirai, we've seen Rhea Ripley, but now we're seeing the Queen as she prepares backstage for her match. Yeah, and what a takeover uh, this has been so far and what it continues to be because up next it is the backlot brawl for the NXT Championship and it's Adam Cole, baby, versus the Velveteen Dream. This is his last chance. He can no longer challenge for the NXT title for as long as Adam Cole is champion. And he has been champion since June 2019. 365 days, Dan. What are your thoughts on Adam Cole's NXT title run? I think it's been good. He's had some very impressive matches. You know, when he first came into it, I admit again, I wasn't a huge fan of his. But it's kind of, it, he has grown on me. And you can kind of see what other people see in him. Um... Again, what's going to happen if and when he moves up to the main roster? I don't know. Well, this is the thing. Undisputed Era ready? Yes. But have they been the kind of driving force for NXT? Has NXT kind of needed Undisputed Era these past couple of years? I think that more so than anything. When you think the Undisputed Era debuted when Drew McIntyre won the NXT title, that's how long ago that's been. They've held all the championships. What else is there for that? But I think with Adam Cole, his reign and his matches has been brilliant. But I don't know if he's had the kind of feuds that really stand out as great, you know, NXT Championship matches. Velveteen Dream one is another interesting one because of, of kind of what's happened during it. Dream was kind of really strong. And then we kind of had rumours about what he was doing on social media and that kind of went away. 
He's had opportunities, but now it's his last shot. What's your thoughts on Velvety Dream? Everybody said he's great, but there's so much you can do with potential, isn't there? Absolutely. He's kind of, you know, when he came into it, he was unique. He was different. He was fun to watch. But now it's kind of like you've not really done anything new over the time that you've been here. You know, you've kind of put all your cards on the table and there's nothing more for Velveteen Dream. I need to see something new, something different, something innovative from Velveteen Dream to kind of be reinvested in him. Yeah, I mean, because the Velveteen Dream of the Alistair Black match of, you know, Say My Name is quite a long time ago now. Whatever happened behind the scenes, have NXT kind of um, lost faith in the Dream? What One thing the Dream has got on his side is one thing he has and hasn't is... One of the things he hasn't is people have been saying he's going to be the next big star. And that's always kind of, you've seen it happen before. One of the things that does help him is the fact that he is still very young. You know, he's in his early 20s. So he's got a lot of time, even if he changed character. We've seen that with Husky Harris, that there is a chance, you know. But Yes, well, this is going to be a backlot brawl. So we're going to expect something along the lines of the Boneyard match, or the, you know, along... The lines of these, something different, something out there. Well, apparently the people that did the Boneyard match produced this. Boneyard match took eight hours. I think this took three hours to record. But, of course, we know no spoilers. There's uh, Adam Cole showing up in the uh, underspark, which you've got to uh, kind of like he's always representing. And again, this will be interesting. Are you surprised this is not the main event? No. With NXT, I'm not surprised this isn't the main event because NXT, you know, they do things in fairness and I feel that the... Women's Championship story takes precedence over this. Yeah, I think so as well. We like to be talked about in the live show, and it's good NXT listen to us. Uh, Prediction-wise, Dan, who have you gone for in this match? And new NXT champion, Dream. Well, you've gone the Dream. I've gone for, and still NXT champion, Adam Cole, baby. What your, why have you gone Dream for in this one? I feel... Um, the Undisputed Era have done everything they can on NXT. You know, they've done everything they need to do. There's nothing more for them to achieve where they can go up to the main roster and they can kind of, you know, they can be compared to an evolution, you know, at the point where at one point evolution had all their titles. Um, you know, this is what they could be, you know, they could be under the tutelage of a Triple H. So you're thinking there's more what to do with the Undisputed Era rather than Dreamers? The champion, so to speak, you know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. it's just what they see. He shows up in a yellow car, Dan. A Lamborghini. Oh, okay, cool. And I can help you out this. He's dressed as Negan from The Walking Dead. And then you have I to thought see it was one of the Warriors. <laughs> Negan, you can see the barbed wire baseball bat. I don't know if he'll be allowed to use that. Well, he wants to be NXT champion. Well, Dan, you get this. If Dream becomes champion, we're level on the scores. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes down. If not, then it's going to be a draw at the worst for you. Yeah. Drake works. The uh, NXT ref, dancing ref, tells us anything goes, but it's got to end in the ring. So here we go. I mean, what have you thought of the kind of cinematic uh, matches that we've seen recently from AEW and NXT, WWE? I think they've been good. You know, they've been kind of a step out of the norm, which probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this pandemic. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's a shining beacon of light that's come out of this terrible time yeah. not to pour water on it but I think NXT the Champa Gagano one was the worst out of all the matches that we have seen done night this let's hope NXT can have a a good one in Dream well Cole's saying he's not getting off the truck unless you drop the bat and Dream says anything you say baby 
Well, the dream is confident, but is this the same dream that we've seen recently? Or, like we said, does he need to bring back some of that uh, hard I, determination? I think this is a more desperate dream. And what does a desperate dream do? Well, he's kind of unsure of himself, his ability. I mean, you know, he's been in the main light and he's kind of always come up short. He's not been able to fully fulfil his potential that he believes he can fulfil. I agree, and I think Dream like that, as you see, trying to get the cover in the early going and just finish this one. I think it's important for him. I mean, will he be deemed as a failure if he can't win the NXT Championship? Or what else is there more for Dream? I don't think there is. I mean, maybe roster, but again, is it a case of they see him as a mid-card talent rather than a main event talent? Well, again, you know, a few people that have kind of not achieved the NXT Championship have gone on to have relatively good careers in WWE. Where do you see Dream and Cole when they go to the main roster as these two men are just brawling around? Um, I don't know. I think Dream does certainly have the potential, but I think WWE are kind of watered down what he does NXT. Um, I think the Undisputed Era, they can certainly find their feet if they go up as a unit and they keep them as a unit and they don't like kind of bust them up and they don't kind of split them up after a year and then get them back together again after two years and you know kind of do a shield yeah. thing with them i think if they keep them together keep them solid keep them as a unit i think they can be unstoppable on the main roster well adam cole grabs the nxt title and gets into a car and dream quickly follows with the uh barbar baseball bat and he's just smashing up that car you can see the dent dream finally gets in and cole gets out and cole again uh cole again trying to use the belt as a weapon but dream cuts him off it's just a straight-up slugfest. I'd rather have better light- lighting and less camera cuts in, in matches like this. You know what I mean? I think sometimes you need to see what's going on. Well, as you say, that someone pulls up in a car, it kind of stops their tracks. Do they want to park? Do they... Is that an Uber? Well, it's an innocent bystander. I have no idea what just happened then. The car went. I thought Cole was inside for a second. I thought someone was inside the car. It is very cutty. It is, isn't it? It's too cutty. It's changing every, like five seconds <laughs> and dream now sending cole into the trash can i think this is kind of too much like the gagano keith lee match it's like you know it's a brawl as opposed to straight up wrestling clinic and again i don't think this fits well with nxt do you know what i mean like this kind of match i think nxt is known for its kind of uh well in ring kind of matchups and i think with this maybe they could have come something different couldn't the dream be it is boudoir or something like that and have not like a Firefly Funhouse, but, you know, come up with a character in that way as they're um, obviously closed down and just using that here. As Dream now chasing Cole down and he's got the WWE standard trash can. Again, I think this is too much. It's kind of making a match longer than necessary. Well, Cole is hiding now as Dream's looking for him. It's meant to add drama. Oh, and Dream gets the dreaded fire extinction. Well, it might be Untaker making his entrance. We just don't know. Has gone eerily cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, it is Adam Cole. It's, go, it's gone cold. <laughs> Undisputed eerily. <laughs> Undisputed eerily cold. As uh, the NXT champ takes out the dream. A huge right hand rocking the dream. You can see the crew trying to get out of the way. Well, Velveteen Dream is now wearing a crop top. I'll tell you Cole what. ripped it. This reminds me of the Lions Den match they had with Shamrock and uh, I think Steve Blackman. And they had the... Uh, uh, Cars around Val Venus and Visper and stuff. But you've got NXT superstars in this one. You try and pick out someone's car and just smash it. Go on. 
Find a superstar you don't like. No, we don't do it this day and age. Well, Cole with a well-placed kick to the head of Velveteen. Why can't they just stick to the hard camera? I'm actually getting a headache now. As Cole is telling Dream, just quit. And he's calling Dream stupid. And Adam Cole in complete control. Well, if anything goes, how come, like, Cole and Fish and uh, O'Reilly, Fish and Strong Hand? Because of Dexter Loomis. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget, he scared them off. And uh, when he's about, you would be worried about trying to get involved. But, again, I'm pretty sure Adam Cole, talk about game plans, has probably got that in his back pocket and a picture of Britt Baker. As now the Dream sends him into the ring post. And the Dream grinds on the apron. As he drops a double axe handle, smash the head of Cole. Get him into the ring to try and finish this as Cole rolls all the way through. Well, if anything matters, I mean, the, the, if anything goes, I'm sure it, the bottom rope doesn't matter. But Cole just grabbed hold of that. And he wants a timeout. I don't think you get a timeout in a backlot brawl. Oh, my God. Dream went off the top rope. He's got... caught with a super kick, though. Right in the face there. And Cole might have the advantage. And Dream struggling to get to his feet. But he jumps into a super kick. Both men have been super kicked down. They're going back onto that car that was previously beat up. I think that's the kind of, uh, you're only allowed to damage this one car. <laughs> yeah, we look, guys, we paid for just one. Right, you've got to do, smash in the windscreen. You're allowed to do that. Back body drop. It's the old traditional car break. His dream's got different ideas. He's got a ladder now. And both men love trash talking. There's no doubt about that. Will it become the other's undoing? I was just really um, unsettled by this keep Quick cutting and like the unsteady camera yeah. as well. No dream going up. Someone coming in with bright lights, beeping their horn. Roddy Strong. Well, the undisputed era here, Bobby Fish. And they come to help out. Adam Cole, baby, he's going to look put Dream away. Oh, as he gets shoved off the ladder, goes through the windscreen. And Cole in serious trouble. Oh my God, look at the blood. He's been lacerated. Look at the cuts. And now the era attack Dream. Oh my god, this is just an assault, and this is what the Undisputed Era have been about. Double leg takedown by Strong. As Bobby Fish and Strong just take it to Dream. And this is just an absolute beatdown. But of course, anything goes. And Strong checking on Cole Cole's what to do. And where's Bobby Fish going? He's going up with Strong, getting the chairs. Well, they've got a lot of stuff in the back of that truck. Oh my god, well, they've got at least seven chairs. At least 25 chairs. My god, that's probably got about 30 chairs. At least 40. And now all in the ring. And they've got a plan for the Velveteen Dream. But the, the chair what? chair disappears. There's one half under the ring and it dis... Dexter Loomis. Uh-oh. That's uh, one crazy some bitch you don't want to see following out a chair. <laughs> Shit in hell. And how long has he been there waiting for the Undisputed Era? He's got the chair on strong and fish. And he's fighting both men off. And what a weird relationship Loomis has had with the Velveteen Dream recently as well. Absolutely. A pair of crazy some bitches. But he said if, he's hit, if they're here, he's going to stop them. Well, Strong's in the trunk. Fish is in the trunk as well. Yeah. The have been locked away. And Loomis is going to take them for a ride. They've got a squeal. Well, Loomis goes away. And they never saw Fish and Strong again. <laughs> no. Well, O'Reilly off filming a movie. That's why he's not here tonight. And this has been a film and it's Cole struggling. It's got to end in the ring. Well, his plan A has kind of come unstuck. Will plan B work? Does he even have a plan B? Put all his chips onto plan A and it's come unstuck. Well, Cole going up. And it looks like Cole is aiming to finish Dream off here. Looking for a Panama sunrise. 
But Dream catches him with a Dream Valley driver. No. Two. No. Oh. If that was on the chairs, it would have been game over. Well, he doesn't. And Cole magic out. Well, now Cole will get the chair. Using it to get to his feet. And Velveteen Dream climbing. And looking to become NXT champion. Cole's in trouble. He's in a very precarious position. The purple rainmaker as Cole was sat on a chair. This has got to be it, surely. Well, don't call me Shirley. Come on, get on him. Don't. One, two, five. Yes. Somehow Cole getting his shoulder up at two. Two. Dream Valley driver on the chairs. Well, next move wins it, I feel. And it might be the dream. It means business down. The shirt comes off. And Dream saying to Cole, do you hear it? Sound of your NXT title run coming to an end. And he's in trouble. Yes. Oh, Adam Cole hits a low blow. <laughs> and he's making it stick. <laughs> Any means necessary. Undisputed here, Adam Cole. The Dream will be singing soprano. Here comes Cole. Panama oh. Sunrise. All on the chairs. Go for the cover. One, One two, two, three. three. And Adam Cole is still your NXT champion. Wow. Result. As for the match, I think there was many problems with it. Um, the camera cuts were just a bit too much. And I don't think it was that exciting. No, there was nothing that kind of... I was expecting the Undisputed Era to come in. I was ex- kind of half expecting Dexter Loomis to be lurking there for Undisputed Era to kind of negate them. Um, no, there was nothing outstanding about it. There was nothing that couldn't have been done in a ring. No, it seems a bit, uh, a little bit strange, but Cole gets the victory. I mean, again, I don't want to see this, maybe this type of match again. Maybe NXT should maybe steer away from this because I don't think it worked. And, uh, I don't think the last match worked either with, you know, Champa Gagano, so... Cole, uh, Lee and Gagano. No, as in the last cinematic oh, match. Sorry, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I actually liked Gagano and Lee. Uh, like, but again, the takeover that we were enjoying has kind of stopped a little bit because of this match. It has, yeah. You know, like the momentum has, so hopefully we can pick it up with uh, the, the next matchup. But Cole winning, I mean, it just shows that NXT have faith in this man who's been a champion for over a year now and will continue. And like we said, who's going to step up and face Adam Cole for the title? Dexter Loomis? Keith well, Lee? It seems like Dexter Loomis, Keith Lee, maybe even Killer Cross, depending on how his match with Chomper goes. Well, yeah. Well, that should be next as well, speaking of that. But Cole celebrates. And the dream now, what's next for the Velveteen Dream after defeat? Well, he hopes that someone takes the title off Cole so he can challenge them for it. <laughs> but will he be NXT champion? Will he go up to the main roster? We just don't know. Cole celebrates. And that is undisputed. Hey, Tom Pettengill selling t-shirts. He looks well, doesn't he, Tom Pettengill, we should say. He does, yes. I think you should still be rocking the mullet, personally. Yeah, I mean, come bring the mullet back. That's a nice t-shirt, Sarah. They are, I was thinking that. What's your favourite out of all of them? Um, I like the NXT for life. I was going to say that as well. Um, Undisputed Era one, then. Which one? The one bottom right. Bottom right, the one behind Tom Pettengill. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. There was no 900 numbers anymore. <laughs> He's still got any Tempegel as he gives the plug. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Generation X. AOL chat. Triple H, Sean and Roadog on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Roadog knocks a sign down and Triple H front of the computer. Oh, wow. that's, that's really nice. Yeah. That is nostalgia that we like here. 
uh, and it fills us with joy. And up next is going to be an absolute killer of a match because the former Killer Cross, Carrion Cross, makes his NXT TakeOver debut against NXT's daddy in Tommaso Ciampa. So, Dan, what have you thought of the build-up uh, and Cross? Well, I think Carrion Cross has come in. He's kind of wanted to make a statement after weeks of kind of teasing his uh, his debut. And he's kind of chose the daddy of NXT to make a statement against. And it's perfectly the right way to go about it for Carrion Cross. Has Cross bitten off more than he can chew, though, by going after, like we said, the daddy of, of Tommaso Ciampa? Is he underestimating what Tommaso Ciampa can do? Well, I yes, because, you know, with Cross, he's kind of just taken out a few, like, uh, jobbers, so to speak. But he's kind of expecting this to be what Tommaso Ciampa's going to be like, and he kind of underestimates the resilience that Ciampa brings. Well, the thing is, we don't know what Karrion Cross brings. We've seen a few squash matches. We've seen uh, his make his entrance. It is a grand entrance, and we experience it here on a TakeOver as well for the first time. It's quite a big moment. What can Cross achieve? I think this all depends on what happens in this match here tonight. What are your thoughts on Scarlett Bordeaux as she's been signed across the company by her? It's good to see someone with a manager. You know, it's kind of... It's not really something that you see too much of nowadays. I know you've got, like, Zelina Vega, but... You know, it is good to see someone coming in with a manageress and, you know, kind of like the dastardly woman in the corner. Yeah, I've seen that. And especially with the entrance, bring Saint to the presentation and maybe that's a story they can go down the road of someone maybe trying to intimidate Bordeaux to get to Cross. And Cross, we haven't seen any emotion apart from anger on his part. So I think this is important tonight to see what he can do. But we talk about game plans, we talk about histories and matches Chumper's been there and done that with Goldie and without it. So he's going to come up with an idea tonight with Cross. So still singing the entrance, Fall and Pray. And it is a great entrance for Killer Cross. It's good. I wouldn't say it's great, you know, because the greats is kind of like a Shinsuke Nakamura. The Demon Prince is great. I think it's, it's great for him. I think, like I said, it is a good entrance kind of overall. But I think to sell the Cross character... I think it makes him look like a star, and I think we've it seen it, that. It's kind of like it mesmerises the audience as well, because, you know, I know they're kind of NXT wrestlers and that, but it's like they're all going fool and pray. <laughs> so like they've kind of been sucked into it, you know, fool and pray, fool and pray. Well, before Chumper makes his entrance, it's predictions, and the scores from last time, I've got another point, so I'm at 4-2 up. This time round, it's me to go, and I've gone for Killer Cross. I can't doubt him at this moment in time. I have gone for... He's not angry, James, but he is a bit cross. Cross. What are your reasonings for cross in this matchup? They would have built him up like they built him up to kind of have him lose to Tommaso Ciampa. Again, I don't want to take anything away from Ciampa, but, you know, he's a stalwart in NXT. He's someone that's going to be there to put other people over. Well, if that's the case, then, what's left for Ciampa and Gagano to do in NXT? They've done Reform it all. Reform DIY and go to the main roster. <laughs> That'll be my dream. I think maybe that's the idea. Chumper coming out, and he's had his injuries. There's no doubt about that. He has fought for NXT as he comes out, and he's wary of Cross. But I expect Chumper to bring the fight in this one. And if you want to make a point, is there anyone else you could make a point in NXT against other than Tommaso Chumper? That's what I'm saying. I mean, Balor and Gagano, for me, I think Balor in comparison for the, the impact that Chumper has had, especially with someone... You know, maybe Gagano Bally can go, oh yeah, those would make it. 
But I think maybe Cross is looking at Chumper going, if you can make it in NXT, I can do it doing the, the way you did in a weird way. Would it have made more of a statement for Cross to have his debut pay-per-view match against Adam Cole and beat him for the NXT title, like, you know, just literally weeks after coming into it? I, no build, no nothing, just say, look. Boots Chumper in the face and then throws him outside the ring. But to make a statement against the Chumper that's kind of been through the mill, you know, kind of what he's gone through with his neck issues, with his knee issues... You know, someone like that, it's like, well, you're kind of beating a man who's kind of not at his 100% potential. I mean, that's the case, but with Chumper, you never write him off. Like I said, Chumper can do things that nobody else in NXT can, as he tries now for the draping DDT, but Cross just too strong. Yeah, just literally crawls through the ring. And the Chumper doing what he can. Just the size of Cross as well. You forget how big he is. He takes a chop and he just enjoys that. Well, you kind of forget that Chumper did wrestle in the 205 Live tournament. Yeah, I mean, for me, he classed him with Chumper as a heavyweight and Cross took a shot and then just responded by throwing Chumper outside. And Cross saying, you're in my house now as he picks him up and throws him on the apron. And you can see the crazy eyes of Cross. <laughs> Cross eyes. And he really is just, it is a far out look as he easily picks up Chumper. And the scary thing is as well, Bordeaux has not had to get involved. Yet yeah, just watching her charge as a referee looking now. Like I said, the amount of injuries Chump has sustained in his uh, NXT career. I hope we don't have a Rocky Apollo Creed moment in this one. Ding, ding. Well, no, it was makes Killer Cross Dolph Lundgren. If he, if dies, he dies, he, he dies. dies. Can Chumper get back into this one? Cross just suffocating him. And another thing I quite like is the, um, the screen behind you in your house because it's changing for different matchups. So you had quite a light match for Keith Lee. And um, Gagano, with this one, it's black and white because it is kind of the two... Kind of, this is a really serious matchup. Well, it's the black heart against the black and white entrance of Killer Cross. Yeah, exactly. Carrion Cross. Well, he's been a killer in this one so far. His name, though, you say it, it sounds like a carry-on film. Carry-on Cross. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually... Carry-on up the Kyber. Yeah, it was one of them. I wouldn't say it to his face, but i definitely say it on the podcast. As he now picks up Chumper and just throws him overhead... Suplex. Chumper just falls up and Cross is really enjoying himself. But is this a case of overconfidence again? It could be, yes. Uh, but it looks like Chumper's not really enjoying himself. Well, we usually do keys to victory, but I think at the moment the key for Chumper is just to survive this onslaught and see if he can take it further. But with the knees, the referee might have to step in soon. I think Chumper is... Uh, Loves to bring a fight, but talk about him, you know, thought Cross might have bitten off more than he could chew. I think Chumper at the moment looks a bit out of his depth. There's a guy, Cross, not even reached his prime yet. Well, Chumper tries for a surprise onslaught, gets caught, Northern Light suplex. Cross carries it through and just hits a huge lariat. Again, dropping Chumper onto kind of like the top of the back, the neck area. Oh, Chumper in all sorts of trouble. I think Cross is calling for the end. We've seen him use that straight jacket finish before, but Chumper realises. Slapping away at Cross. He just grabs Chumper by the throat. No, Chumper's still fighting now. The slaps to the face. Step up in Seguri. Actually drops Cross. Oh. Huge running knee. And you can see Bordeaux getting upset now. And Cross onto his feet. Oh, my God. Chumper grabs him. Draping DDT. This could be a surprise. Two. Oh. oh. I actually wanted that to be three. <laughs> Cross managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And not three. No, three. And Chumper now with another knee. 
And Cross is definitely rocked now. And I don't think anybody's treated him like this in a while as he's finally knocked down. Chomper now might be looking for the fairy tale ending. No. Up on his shoulders. That's like an F10. Spins him up, picks him up now. Straight jacket locked in. Or the cross jacket. Uh, cross jacket submission in and Chumper in the middle of the ring. Nowhere to go. I don't think we'll see Chumper tap out. Can he fight this? And Chumper now is trying to fight, but I think he's fading. Uh, the referee's keeping a close eye on what's going on. Well, Chumper won't quit. He won't quit. You can see it. But cross his eyes and he just pulls back. Wrenches some more. Referee checks and calls for the bell. Oh, my God. And Chumper passes out. And Killer Cross there makes a huge statement. Beating Tommaso Chumper down. What are your thoughts on that match? Well, it's, you know, is it too long to be classed as a squash match? I mean, Chumper did get some offence in. He did get a pin attempt. So I don't think it's quite a squash match. But it's one of the closest things you can get to a squash match. Uh, honestly, I've never seen anything like this. Killer Cross makes his NXT debut... NXT TakeOver debut by dismantling a former NXT champion. This was scary from Killer Cross. Chumper tried his best shot, but Cross was just at a different level. What is next for Killer Cross? If you talk about NXT Championship or something like that, I don't know. And how does Tommaso Ciampa respond from such a crushing defeat? And that's what it was. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, statement made basically from Cross. You've come in, you've taken out the daddy. Who's he going to go for next? Yeah, and that is the question. Killer Cross wins his takeover debut with Scarlet Bordeaux standing over Tommaso Ciampa's lifeless body. It is quite a sight to see. Uh, we both get another in, so it's 5-3 heading in to the main event. Well, Code Orange, they're looking happy in the crowd. Of course, they've sang the uh, song and performed earlier in NXT. You can get one of the t-shirts, Dan. Do you want one of them? A code orange tip. Are you sure? Uh, well, oh my God, look, Robert Stone doesn't look that well. He's been tough since uh, Chelsea Green fired him. <laughs> he doesn't look great, but I'm sure he's enjoying TakeOver. With Renee Young. But that does mean our main event is up next, and it deservedly so, actually. The NXT Women's Championship is on the line in a triple threat match as Io Shirai and Ray Ripley look to be the champion, Charlotte Flair. Woo! The build-up's been an interesting one because, I mean, there's, there's three ways to look at this, really, from each perspective. So first off, let's just do uh, maybe Charlotte. And I think Charlotte's thing at the moment is that she is the star of WWE. She is the main woman, isn't she? Especially since whatever happened to Becky Lynch, she is the one that's kind of taken the mantle and be it on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. She's had matches and continues to perform. Uh, you know, to the best of abilities. Is she a heel? Is she a face? They treated her more like a star, haven't they? As for Ray Ripley, what a 2019 she has. And 2020's not really worked out for her, has it, you know? Uh, absolutely not, no. You know, Charlotte Flair winning the Rumble and choosing to go after the NXT Women's Championship. Is that Charlotte making a statement? I think it was, because Ripley was on a tear. And it looked like no one could beat her. And uh, like we say, when WrestleMania came around, we were kind of shocked that Charlotte did defeat Ripley, and we haven't seen Ripley for a couple of months, and then she returned uh, during the challenge Rio Shy. And Shy is another one who's had an attitude change in NXT, and has maybe not been featured as highly, but ever since it's kind of gone down, winning a ladder match, becoming a number one contender, and taking Charlotte to an absolute limit. And who knows what would have happened if Ripley hadn't showed up? You know, like we said, Charlotte got herself intentionally disqualified. Looked like we're going to have a one-on-one match. Now leading to this. 
has this been one of the best built stories leading in to TakeOver? I think it has to be, yeah, because um, you kind of know exactly what each woman's after. Io Shirai was cheated out of her one-on-one match against Charlotte. Rhea Ripley, she returned after WrestleMania to the woman in peril. And Charlotte Flair, does she not quite know, like, does she, does she not have faith in herself that she'd be able to overcome Io Shirai one-on-one, hence why she actually used a kendo stick? Rare Ripley, rightly deservedly so in this match as well. Yeah, I mean, we saw Ripley and Shirai go head-to-head and Charlotte getting involved now. It looks like Charlotte is maybe, uh, not scared is not the right word, but definitely wary. And you consider why she challenged for the NXT title. Maybe Charlotte saw the women's divisions in each one and thought NXT is the best. That's what I'm going to go there for. And she wants to be the best of the best. So, again, great storylines. Shy needs a victory here tonight to kind of validate herself after all the kind of changes. Ray Ripley wants to retain what she thinks right for her. And Charlotte thinks she can just, you know, she is the queen of WWE. So, again, it's three great characters. Do NXT have better... Well, the characters in NXT, the women, are you kind of know their purposes, unlike the men's division. You know, some of them you still don't know. Absolutely. Well, you know, you know exactly what these three women's intentions are, and that is to be the best and to be the woman. Woo! You got to beat the woman. Would you say Charlotte is the best? It is hard to argue against that. As yeah. much as I'd like to, but you can't really argue against it. Well, no, because in in big matches, she always puts in the performances, and Ripley stepped up to the plate. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how it goes tonight. And prediction-wise, Dan, I mean, it's not been a great night for you on TakeOver, but I'm on for a perfect score. So whisper it quietly. Who have you gone for in this matchup? And still the woman. Woo! Charlotte Flair. So that's either going to be Io Shirai or Ripley to get the victory. Well, I've gone for and new NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. is coming oh. out right now. I think Ripley... He's going to come in and get the job done. I think maybe it's a triple threat match because EO is going to be the one to take the pinfall instead of Charlotte. What are your reasons for Charlotte in this one? Um, I think, you know, she's going to kind of make a statement. Rare Ripley, she is good enough to go up onto the main roster. EO Shirai, I think she's going to be the one that eats the pin from Charlotte Flair. And she's going to kind of lead in light. You know, there's going to be a few challenges, challenges after... Uh, this match, and then, you know, Io Shirai is going to be the leading light, but not just yet. Yeah, well, I feel it's maybe time Charlotte has, you know, done a bit in NXT and to give it to the, the women out there. We saw earlier in the opening match what great talent there is, and um, yeah, I think it's brilliant. But then again, Charlotte is bringing these two women up with her as well. Rio, at uh, Rio, Io and Rhea feel more important because of this matchup, and who knows? Like this is the first takeover to be main evented by the woman since NXT takeover back in September 2015 when it was um, Banks and Bailey. So that's incredible when you think it's been five years since then. Takeover respect it was, and now we're getting this. All three women definitely deserve their spot, and it would be interesting to see exactly uh, how this match goes about. So, what are your thoughts on EO Len? Um, I'm not quite sure on her since she's kind of made the jump to the dark side personally. It's it's kind of not been as well as other people kind of turning. You know, it's kind of fallen a bit flat, been a bit sour. I think she needs a career-defining moment. And I think this is what TakeOver has been about here tonight. It's not been as flashy as previous TakeOvers. We've had the nostalgia within your house. 
but it's been about standout performances. And we've seen that with Killer Cross. We've seen that with um, the Damien Priest and Finn Balor match. And I think even Lee and Gagano told a great story. So tonight, here's a chance for the main event to go out and steal the show as well, which I think will be brilliant. If this match steals the show, I wouldn't complain at all about no, it. No, and it has, that's what I said, the potential there for all three women. Personally, though, who you who was your favourite at least three? Uh, what, my own favourite? Yeah, your own favourite. I'd have to say Ra Ripley. She's just got something about her as well, hasn't she, you know? She has, you know, she's a very different character. She's kind of, you know, really out there, and it's, I don't know, I like her moveset, I just like her attitude, her persona. I'm not, again, too sure on her being face. I think she kind of works better as a heel, but in this kind of scenario, her being the face to Io uh, Hill... And Charlotte's kind of superstar, kind of tweener thing. I think it works perfectly. Yeah, and like I said, there's a big match feel to this main event here. And Charlotte can make a grand entrance as we see it with the NXT title around her waist. And this is going to be a very interesting matchup. And let's not forget, we talk about women on the WNR. Uh, coming up in just a couple of weeks' time, we're going to have the WNR women. We're going to catch up. Last time we left it, Oscar had just won the Rumble. What could go wrong? She faces Charlotte Ever bring you bang up to date to 2020. But right now we're focusing on NXT and takeover in your house as we get the entrances. Uh, the entrances, sorry, we get the instructions. And I've got to say, looking at these three women right now, I think Ripley looks the most confident out of the three. Now, I know Charlotte is confident, but I think just from the look and the way they are right now. I think Charlotte's kind of underestimating her opponent. But then I think... Charlotte's kind of built up fear and intimidation from a lot of the women's roster. I think the thing is, I know what Charlotte brings. I know what Ripley brings. I think EO could be the surprise in this one because sometimes she can change up what she wants to do. I think the base of Charlotte is very simple, and I think with Ripley. But again, even the, the submission is going to be difficult with another woman in, so come up with different ways if she wants to retain. We'll get on to keys to victory in a minute. So I'm kind of looking for anyone but... Ray Ripley to win to prevent you getting two points. Yes, basically. I've got a point for winning NXT and a bonus point. And that would just cut it down because it would go 3-1 with NXT and we'll go level with bonus. So you would have the Jelen. But again, all to play for because like we say, we've still got loads of pay-per-views coming up as well. But here we go. LaBelle is running this one. Charlotte, EO and Raya. Raya, Charlotte. Flair, Ripley and Shiai. And Charlotte on the outside saying, go on, you two, why don't you take it? And Charlotte saying, go on, you do that. Well, it's kind of Charlotte taking a back step. Do you think she's kind of taking the puppet master role as if to say, look, Io Shirai's got beef with me because I fucked up her one-on-one title match. Ripley's got beef with me because I kind of took her title from her. And Charlotte's like, well, you two, go on, beat each other down. Yeah, exactly. And we talk about game plans as well. Charlotte is going to have that. She's got the experience edge. You know, she's got more experience than these two probably combined at this, in WWE and NXT matches, they shall say. Of course, EO's had uh, success in Japan long before, but of course, you know, it matters what you do in the ring here. Charlotte looking to maybe slam, but EO there taking a fast start. And it's going to be difficult. I mean, keys to victory in this one. You're going to have to have eyes in the back of your head, really, aren't you? You're going to have to, yeah. Um, but it is a case of anything goes. But Charlotte hasn't got the champion's advantage. No, that goes out the window, which will threaten, of course, no disqualifications as well. Charlotte's shown her strength. 
But none of these three women have got someone that can come and interrupt and help the match for them as well. Which makes it the Roman women, which makes it even more interesting as well, I feel, because they're going out themselves. And Charlotte, I think, feels she can beat both women. And she's doing that now with the chops. Oh, and she is currently beating both women as well. But do you think that's going to come unstuck when uh, Shirai replays Ripley for kind of saving her from Flair's demise? Well, this is the problem with Charlotte, with the overconfidence. Shouldn't underestimate either woman. But Rhea Ripley, she could be the first woman to hold every single woman's title in WWE. She's only got three more to go. I know. It's 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 crazy. And we talk about age. I mean, Rhea Ripley's 23, 24. So, again, has so many years ahead of her. It's crazy to say she could have. When you consider what Charlotte's a 12-time champion right now. Yeah. I think she's going to surpass her dad. I think without doubt Charlotte will, yeah. I'll, I'll be surprised if she doesn't get to 20 overall. But do they count this as... The women's championship. Yeah, they'll okay, we'll count that. So you can count the women's as a women cha- women's championship, but the NXT men's championship doesn't count. No, it's not world heavyweight championship. No, but again, yeah, different rules in it. You know, so maybe that makes the women's championship more important. As Ripley tried to fight back from Charlotte, went to the outside, looked to have any ascendancy. Charlotte turned her around into barricade and pixiglass. So do you reckon Charlotte's going to win the rumble next year and then challenge for the NXT UK women's championship? I think if Charlotte wanted to go to NXT UK, I think she could. I think that would be an interesting matchup. I would love to see Katie Ray, Charlotte, or Tony Storm and Piper Niven. I think the NXT UK women's division is as strong as any in WWE as well. I think it's been it's so underappreciated. Of course, NXT UK has not been around. But of course, Ray Ripley from there as well. As Charlotte has completely taken control. And I'm a little bit surprised, really, she's been so dominant. Absolutely. But, you know, it is Charlotte Flair. Is this going to be a case of people get sick of Charlotte Flair soon? Well, she is across all shows. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she makes an appearance on AEW at some point in the very near future. Well, maybe it is a little bit overexposure, but Charlotte has been handled it well and, of course, uh, treats herself like a star and brings EO back in the ring and said this is going to be the end of her. I'm looking for a backdrop on Shirai, but she lands on her feet, a couple of handspring back elbows and Flair's... Well, Boston got, Crab. Well, she's got the crab in. She catches the leg of Eo, bends her right back. Talk on that. And Eo in all sorts of trouble. Ray are nowhere to be seen at the moment. Charlotte turns it into a bit of a lion tamer. Well, now crying Greg. Ray trying to work figure four. Charlotte holding on tight. And now Ripley comes charging in, takes down Flair. And Ripley trying to build a little bit of momentum now. Fantastic knees to the face of Charlotte. Now takes it down with a big boot. And she screams and Ripley means business. Dropkick taking Charlotte down. EO comes running in. Kind of a step up insecurity of some sorts. And that's what EO is all about. She comes running in now. 619 Charlotte. And now looking to go up top and try and take advantage. No Charlotte managing to dodge out of the way. But EO rolls. And now back in. Victory roll. Turns it into a double foot stomp. And EO now trying to build momentum. Double uh, drop kick right to the back of the head. Goes for a cover. Two. No. no. Charlotte managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And Charlotte a little bit desperate there in the attempts, trying to get away from EO. And like I said, she could bring it like in the ring, shy. And she could do stuff that you haven't seen many women do before in NXT. She's definitely got the uh, crowd behind her. But she certainly hasn't got like the strength and the height advantage that Rhea and Charlotte have got over her. No, that doubt. I think Ripley might be the strongest in this matchup. As she comes in, EO just trying to use her speed to get away and <laughs> double knockout. Both women are down. Well, it shows the palm strike from EO's dangerous and Rhea Ripley 
Like I said, the raw power. Contact lenses she's got in makes her eyes look really demonic. Now Charlotte gets a chance to recover. Ripley making sure she's got all her teeth. <coughs> now both women using the other to get themselves up. Charlotte Flair just watches on and spears them both. Cover on Shirai. No. Cover on Ripley. No. Well, both women managing to kick out. Uh, oh. uh. And now Charlotte looks to be smirking. No, James, she hasn't got a cigarette in her gob. She's got a smile on her face because she feels she has the upper hand. Well, Charlotte has beaten Ripley. She hasn't beaten Eo, so maybe that'll be something that Charlotte looks at in this matchup as now she puts her in position. Tells the fans to suck it. And now the Queen of WWE puts both women down, maybe looking to go up. She's definitely taking punishment in this match, but she's got an idea. She's going to try and hit the moonsault. Oh, Rao getting the knees up. Uh, Brown EO was up. Goes for the roll-up, but Ripley grabs EO instead. Tries a pin. No, looking for the riptide. No, Shirai shifts her body weight. Gets a cross body. Turns her attention to Charlotte. Gets her down. Cross face. Well, Charlotte now's caught and in serious trouble. And the mouth overexposed. But Ripley comes in with a huge kick. Charlotte with the big boot. Cover on Ripley. No, not like this. Oh. Just a two count. Two. Does it count for double points if I pin your pick? No, of course it doesn't. Oh. It's Charlotte now. The bit of trouble. Come on, Ripley. Come on, anyone but Ripley. Well, the fans charting. This is awesome. It's Charlotte now. Well, she's looking for natural selection, but Ripley flips Charlotte over. Plants her face first into the mat. Well, she had it scouted. She must be watching the WrestleMania video. But, oh, no. Shirai with a double foot stomp. Spoiled. And now it might be Eo's time in this one. Both women in the corner, Charlotte and Ripley. Charges towards Ripley. Rolls back. Flair with a natural selection. Oh, my Into God. Into cover. Two. Two. Oh. Well, Eo managing to kick out. Uh. Well, she hit Ripley with her knees, but then Charlotte, quick as you like. But now she is flabbergasted. Can't believe she couldn't put Eo down. And Charlotte now thinking, but letting Eo recover. Eo with a roll-up. Two, no. no, Flair kicks out. Uh. Looking for the figure eight. Oh, no. Oh, she's got the figure four. Can she extend? Bridges to the figure eight, but Ripley there pulling Charlotte <laughs> out by her hand and her hair. Well, Ripley does not care for Charlotte. And Charlotte's just fighting her off. Sends Ripley into the stairs, but has no real effect. Both women now just brawling. Yeah, Shirai comes charging out, flying cross body on Ripley. What a huge impact there. But Charlotte with a clothesline from behind. Not shy, silly, but not down. And Charlotte now has got an idea. Oh, no, shit. Oh. Throws her through the set. Completely ruins the screen behind. Oh, my God. Through the window. But Ripley up with a flower pot. Takes Flair out, who goes for an attempted double leg takedown. Oh, this has just turned into a brawl. This is just an all-out fight. You can see the serious tension here from all three women. And Ripley now... This is just beating up Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Flair with a huge slap to Ripley. And Charlotte just shoving Ripley's face into the pixiglass. It's showing the performance centre's recruits what it's all about. Both women just fighting now. You can see the damage done to the in-your-house set, but look at that. Look on top of the house. On top of the door on the porchway, Eo Shirai's perched. And Charlotte and Ripley, I don't think, realised just yet. And Shirai's in position. Oh, my God, she must be at least 20 foot in the air. At least 25 foot up. Oh. Cross body takes down both women. <laughs> oh. And what an image that was. All three down in this magnificent main event. EO just didn't care then. 
Well, she was. She wasn't in your house. She was on your house. Exactly. Talk about flying as well. The genius of the sky. And again, this match began for a little while, but it still could go anybody's way. That's the makers of a great triple threat match. But currently, it's Io Shirai that's uh, on top of the pile to win this. Well, Io could uh, pin either woman, but if she's looking to go for the champion... One big move. Could end it. And Io now in position. Though Ripley goes up low. And that's how quickly the tide can turn. And the rip tide. Come on, Ripley. No, Charlotte in right into the turnbuckle. Come on, Ripley. You can do this. Come on, Shirai, Charlotte. And now huge chops... Collapsing the chest of Shiai. There's going to be a huge impact here. No. <laughs> Ripley picks up Shiai, but she holds on somehow. Yeah, he's managing to fight it. Ripley just clubbing away. And Shiai shots the midsection, goes under. Through the legs. Pushes Ripley face first into the ring post. And just like that, EO turns it back around. And that's going to be dangerous. How we can run him off the top. No, Ripley holds on. Charlotte with a big boot to the midsection. My God, takes down Shiai, leaves Ripley on the top turnbuckle. And Charlotte with just a chops to the chest. And Ripley looks pretty beat at this moment in time. But holding on with everything she's got. They know what it's all about. Oh, come on, Ripley. Riptide. she got Charlotte on the top. Riptide time. Oh! Hits it. One, One two. two. Safe by EO. Ripley had it won. Ripley's hit her best shot. Oh. EO saving it for Charlotte. Go on, Ripley. Goes for the big booties. And it's EO with the uh, huge strikes. Will Barrow gets caught by Ripley. Looking for the inverted cloverleaf. That's it. Submission. Ripley's got it. Ripley. Flair with the kendo stick from behind. Oh, no. Come on. And that's Ripley's two biggest shots. She's hit and failed with. And Charlotte had to use a weapon to get some sort of advantage. It's all right by me. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is shocking. And Charlotte now with shots to Ripley. She knows what it takes. And Charlotte saying this is the end now. Ripley in trouble. Huge spear from Flair. Oh, no. Figure eight. Twice the amount of points on up for grabs for me if Ripley taps. And Ripley caught in the figure eight. Oh, figure four. Bridge into the eight. Come on, Ripley. It's what Ripley taps her at Mania. Tap, Ripley, tap. Oh, my God. And what is EO doing? Oh, Oh. she lands on Ripley's head. Oh, my God. Hits the moonsault. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. And EO is the new NXT Women's Champion. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, James. Come on, be happy. Well, well I'm... Io Shirai has finally got her moment. The moment that she deserves more than anything. Fuck your perfect score, James. It's not all about you, you know. It's about Io Shirai, the new NXT Women's Champion. Yes, Dan. Io wins. It stops the perfect. But what a performance from all three women. And what a moment. Like you said, she deserves it after all the ups and downs. My pick in the May Young Classic. Finally comes out on top, beating Ripley and Charlotte in a fabulous main event. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant match. Um, You know, you can tell the animosity between all the women. The storytelling was absolutely perfect. I loved Io Shirai coming off the top, risking it all for that women's championship. Charlotte Flair and Rare Ripley, I don't think this is over between them two. Without a doubt, and it bleeds to the next takeover, which is hopefully a Shirai versus Ripley match. You've got the women that are in the start that can be built 
into this as well. And Charlotte can go back to Raw and SmackDown and be interjected in any of the title situations. Situation. Uh, but I think brilliant. And I think, uh, you know, EO coming out on top. And like I said, yes, it is a wonderful moment for her to finally get it, you know. And, uh, you know, it's pleasing. But I think Ripley and Charlotte as well. Again, Charlotte is fantastic in big matches, isn't she, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely saw it in this one, the way uh, the story was told. And again, protecting. Look at this now. The ticker tape parade. Oh, this is exactly like a la Japan. A la Japan. And we see the ticker tape and the celebrations for Io Shirai. And what a, a weird and wonderful NXT takeover this has been as well. Main evented by Io. Finally getting the gold. It hasn't been my favourite, this one. Well, it's not been... You know, it's it's kind of it seems like it's lacking something slightly. Well, we'll go through the card in just a second as Io Shirai celebrates as the number one woman on NXT, and all credit goes to Io Shirai. All right, so let's talk about Takeover then, and let's go back to the very first match. We started off with the six women tag. It was Knox, Blackheart, and Yim versus Kai, Gonzalez, and the Ray Dan. I thought it was a very fun match, a good match as well. It kind of um, interjected all the storylines into one. You've got the Lorraine-Yim kind of feud going on there, which doesn't seem like it's going to be ending any time soon. You've got the Tegan Knox and um, Dakota Kai kind of rivalry there. That still doesn't look like it's finished, even though it's been going on for a long while. I think the right team won, and this is shaping up to be a good, kind of very talented lot of women for the NXT women's future. I think without a shadow of a doubt. There was a couple of moments maybe didn't work, but I think the right team won. And uh, I think, like I said, it's, it's a really positive time. Uh, what was your score? I gave that a three and three quarters out of five. I gave that a three and a half out of five. I still thought it was a great way to start. And then we had Finn Balor versus Damien Priest. And this is the match that I was pleasantly surprised with. Because what performance from Priest and for Balor. Both men motivated, looking like they hated each other. And they definitely brought it in this one. And the bump Priest took... Off the apron, onto the stairs. I'm re-watching it as well. It was a great match, wasn't it? It was a very good match, yeah. Both men certainly brought it. I think Finn definitely brought out the best of Damian Priest as well. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. I gave that a four out of five. I gave that a four out of five as well. And then we had Keith Lee versus Johnny Gagano, North American Championship. Again, this match, I think the storyline, the storytelling was brilliant. You know, you see Johnny Gagano kind of weakening up Keith Lee before because he knew that he needed to get an advantage in the match. Um, and that kind of played out. Absolutely loved Candice LeRae kind of coming out, getting involved, and Mia Yim standing behind her, kind of shutting her down. Absolutely loved the pounce as well. I think that's a brilliant move. Um, and again, the right man won. Yeah, I mean, after watching Lee, he just gets better and better in my eyes. The stuff he does, the little things, you know, people go, we don't have to do a lot, and you see him, and it just works. The character does, the move set as well. I thought this was a great story told between the two. Uh, I gave that a four and a quarter out of five. I gave four out of five. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, then did TakeOver take a turn then because we had Adam Cole versus The Dream for the NXT Championship? And again, I don't mind cinematic matches and all this kind of stuff, but with the cuts, there were some moments where it looked like it wasn't, it looked like something else was going on and you couldn't see straight. And I know sometimes people think that's cool, but I think if you just want to watch the match, Especially as my point was NXT is about in-ring matches as opposed to that kind of stuff. If you want to make it about the kind of dream boudoir or a, a dream mystery experience or, or something like this, I think the dream's in trouble and I think Cole at the moment is is 
he could do no wrong in NXT. But for the match itself, I wasn't a huge fan. Again, this is a match type that really didn't work. I thought the lighting was poor. I thought the camera jutting about like every few seconds. That didn't work for me. Um, this was kind of out of both of their wheelhouse as well. You know, if you'd have had it in a stadium, it, you know, at an actual ring, it could have been a fool's count anywhere. It could have been, you know, an empty arena match. I think that would have made it a lot better. Um, you didn't kind of utilise the immense amount of talent that both guys have. And unfortunately, this is probably one of Cole's and Dream's worst matches I've seen. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. I give that three and a quarter out of five. I gave that a three and a quarter out of five as yeah. well. Uh, and then we had the demolition of the Chumper with Carrion uh, Cross. Uh, I don't think anybody's looked more impressive on a takeover in their debut match than Cross did. They've obviously got big, big plans. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with Cross and what's next for Chumper. I mean, for the match, it did what it said on the tin low, didn't it? Yeah, the match did. Um, you know, for for a debut match, and, you know, he could have gone against absolutely anyone and annihilated them. But to go against Chumper and to kind of get that much of a dominant victory over him, it certainly made a statement and it certainly set things up going forward as well. We was wondering who's going to be the next big thing to come into NXT. I think you found him there, Carrion. Uh, I gave that three and three quarters out of five. I gave that a three and a half out of five. And then we move on to the main event, uh, the NXT Women's Championship, EO, Raya and Charlotte. And again, what can you say? All three women definitely performed in this one. Uh, a great match. The couple of moments with EO sold the show in my eyes. Coming off the top of the house, being put through the window and then the finish as well, I thought, you know, even though she needed to capitate Ripley, was quite a nice touch. I think there was a couple of Missed moments in there um, with Rhea Ripley, her and Charlotte kind of tussling on the outside. I think there was a couple of missed things there. But you can overlook that for, again, the whole storytelling going into this match. And you could tell that all three women kind of, you knew exactly what their goal was. Charlotte wanted to prove she was the best. Rhea Ripley wanted to get back at Charlotte. Io Shirai wanted to kind of get her moment that she had earned during the ladder match. And again, I think absolutely the right woman won. Yeah, I think without a doubt, um, it's just a shame about the perfect score, but still, right one one. I go at four out of five. I go that at four and a quarter out of four out of five. Uh, so it ends then, and uh, the scores finish five three to me. I get the NXT point three one, but we should have another takeover in August as well. Uh, my man of the night, I think, can be none other than Damian Priest. He's kind of. Uh, I looked at his performances. I'll be keeping a keen eye on him uh, in the future to see if he can keep up that level of performance and that fire in his eyes. It'd be very interesting. I think my man of the night was Io Shirai. I think, you know, she got a moment in the spotlight, absolutely deserved it. Um, and hopefully, you know, bigger and better things come onto her in the future. My man of the night, Gagano versus Lee, same as yours, I do believe. Yes, I'd have to say that was mine. And your rating out of 10? I am going to have to give it well, there was some very good moments in there, but there was some bits that fell flat. So I'm going to give it an even eight. Eight? Wow, that's one of the lowest scoring takeovers we've had. In a while. I think you, so you did you enjoy AEW Double or Nothing more than this takeover? And be honest. Um, there was slight moments. You know, I think it was kind of on par. It wasn't a, a more enjoyable, less enjoyable. It was more on par. 
Well, that's what it's about. The last four weeks of the WNR podcast has been about catching up with NXT, with the NXT updates, and watching In Your House, and of course, AEW as well. And that's what's been interesting to see. We've enjoyed both events. Uh, I think AEW might have pipped it a little bit, but again, it's not about competition. It's about watching both products and enjoying it. And speaking of that, the next time we're going to be with NXT update will be uh, next month as well. We'll we'll bring you AEW Fighter Fest. So we'll have a double header with AEW and NXT next month as well. Uh, So I think, you know, my my score, looking back at this, I enjoyed it. um, And it was quite short, shorter than I thought maybe. It's about 2 hours and 20 minutes in length. I'm going to give it an eight and a half because, again, a takeover. It did deliver, but, again, what was missing from it? There was no kind of real... I mean, there's a few holy shit moments, but... I wanted shocking moments. I wanted something that was, you know, it's uh, it's all well and good, Damien Priest taking that bump onto the stairs, Io Shirai coming off the top, but I wanted something that was going to kind of stick with me. I think, you know, we've seen things like that before. I wanted something different. I think the NXT Championship match let us down, really, when we look at overall. I think if that had a match that was, you know, in-ring delivered with a great story, I think we're looking at a different score. But like I said, it'd be interesting, like I said... Uh, we are going to be back with NXT. Uh, so that is it. Just before we go, just a couple of things. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Well, we both want to say thank you to everybody that listened to our live shows last weekend and followed us on uh, Twitter as well, the conversation as it was. Um, we just like to say everybody, you know, like to say 30,000 people for our live shows. It's an incredible achievement. Uh, like I said, we wouldn't do this without you as well. Uh, and also, Joey, um, Joey Ryan has put us out there to be uh, a podcast that he wants to go on. And we've got a public vote at the moment on Patreon. If you go on to Joey Ryan's, you can vote for the Dubbing Our podcast there. The voting closes very, very soon. So make sure you do that. And it only costs £1 to sign up to Joey Ryan's Patreon yes. to be able to get the, uh, the voting capabilities. You also get a lot of other stuff there available from Joey Ryan. So please do vote for us and you can hear Joe Ryan on your favourite podcast sometime very soon. Yeah, we can actually have Joe Ryan on this podcast, so please vote for us. Uh, I've been working on the William Regal special, Dan. It, sound, it is a banger, there's no doubt. Uh, William Regal versus, or Steve Regal versus British Bulldog. Do you ever know Regal and Bulldog had a match? I didn't know that. Well, no. we'll see that next month as well. Of course, we're working on a lot of episodes. One of the Magnificent Seven, where we look at the seven best British wrestlers. And you got a bit of news about Drew McIntyre, Dan, with Backlash. I have, yes. Um, and, you know, even someone as big as Drew McIntyre, they do have their idols and people, their dream matches that they'd like to do. And Drew McIntyre has named the man he wants to defend his WWE Championship against at SummerSlam 2020. And his name, James, is Randy Orton. Fuck off. McIntyre revealed on a recent WWE media call and then elaborated when interviewed by a worse off podcast than us. I think Orton is the one that has to happen. You know, right now we're in a position where we're building a lot of people, including myself and myself and Lashley together. I think we'll be able to help each other with MVP bringing each other up, establishing each other as I'm on the rise, establishing myself as a champion and what my legacy is going to be. Someone like an Orton is someone who can make me work up Really learn from. He's obviously an established name and people tune in saying, hey, there's Randy Orton. The champ went on to describe Orton as a potential joker to his Batman. Wow, so that'll be interesting. But the question is, though, Dan, McIntyre better not overlook Bobby Lashley with Randy Orton because, of course, we'll find out if McIntyre can still be W champion on our next episode. And what great impact have, like, kind of posting the match where Bobby Lashley defeated 
I love him. Impact, if you're not following that on Twitter, please follow them because they are really entertaining and they will kind of... The, the interaction between Impact fans is a lot friendlier than you do get with WWE and AEW fans. Now I'm going to get a lot of hate from WWE and AEW fans on Twitter. But hey-ho, like I said, next episode, Backlash. Uh, and don't forget the WNL 300, August 9th, which is coming up, which, again, is going to be hopefully the biggest party of the summer. So that is it. Don't forget, uh, we're across all social media. with Twitter, at WWE Network Review. I'm at WNR Dan. I'm at J underscore Rose. Of course, our Twitter follower of the week is at Cassandra Denise. Uh, at Cassandra Denise Williams. Thank you for being our Twitter follower. Um, we're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can find us at the WNR Podcast and also Instagram. We're across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Also on YouTube, the WNR Podcast, where we have all the latest clips. And podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also Stitch Radio Spreaker, where we can do our live shows. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. And the next episode is Backlash. And until then... I have been James Rowlands and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.